Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Tommy Green. I'm the associate pastor here at Centerpoint. And this morning, we're going to continue on in our series on prayer. And inside your bulletin, you're going to find an insert with an outline on it entitled, Why Pray? If you need a pen to fill in the blanks or to write some notes as you go along, if you just raise your hand, our ushers will be coming up and down the aisle. And uh, we'd love to take care of that for you. Uh, we started out this series, John started out this series, defining what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God and listening to God. We also talked about what prayer is not. Prayer is not a bunch of magical words that we say or a formula that will make God bless us or do what we want him to do. Because prayer in its essence is all about relationship. It's all about communicating with God and God communicating with us. John also taught us on the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus had given us a model prayer of how to pray. And uh, we took a look at that. Next week, uh, we're going to have a special service on what to pray. As a matter of fact, if you're one of those people who, I know that we're talking to 11 o'clock service here, but if you're one of those people who uh, get to church late and you like to fill in blanks, I want to warn you right now, you might be in trouble. Because next, service, next week is going to be a special service where uh, we intertwine the worship music and the teaching. And if you get here 10 minutes late, there's going to be a couple of blanks that you just not filled in and you're going to be going crazy. So I just want to warn you ahead of time, but it's going to be an amazing service. So in this series, we've taken a look at prayer, what prayer is. We've taken a look at how to pray. Next week, we're going to take a look at what to pray. This morning, I want to answer the question, why pray? Why? Why should we pray and what happens when we pray? Why is it so important? Uh, to us. But before we get started, I thought instead of just talking about prayer, we ought to start the service off with prayer. So if you will join me, and we're going to go before the Lord. Father, I want to come before you uh, today, and I want to thank you, Lord God, that you've given us the tool of prayer to be able to communicate with you, to be able to talk to you, to be able to have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray this morning as we take a look at your scripture and what your scripture has to say about prayer, Lord God, that you would change us, Lord God, and you would make us a people who pray more who communicate with you more. And I pray that you would move me out of the way and that you would speak in a mighty way today. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. So why should we pray? And the first point on your outline states we should pray because God wants to be involved in every part of our lives. Every part of our lives. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If you've got your pen, I want you to underline the word, pray about everything. And then I want you to take your pen and I want you to circle the word everything. Because God wants us to pray about everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Once again, I want you to take your pen. I want you to underline the word, never stop praying. And then I want you to circle the phrase, for this is God's will for you. The reason we pray is because God wants us to pray. Matter of fact, we are commanded, instructed in Scripture over and over again to pray. And the reason God wants us to pray is because He wants to be involved in every part of our lives. As a father of three children, I get this concept. Because I want my children to talk to me about everything that's going on in their lives. I want them to tell me about what's going on at school. I want them to tell me about what's going on with their friends, what they like, what they don't like, uh, what they're worried about, what they're happy about. Because when my children come to me and they begin to talk to me about what's going on in their lives, they are inviting me to be a part of their lives. 
And though God knows everything about us, God loves it when we invite him into our lives and we talk to him about the things that are going on in our lives. God so much wants to be a part of everything that we are. You know, um, a life application in this as well, though, is that when we pray, we need to listen as well as talk when we pray. There are many of us in here who are really good talkers but are not very good listeners. Or we have friends in our lives that are really good talkers and not very good listeners. You know which friends I'm talking about because when they call you and their name comes up on your phone, you have this conversation in your head. Do I have time to take this phone call? Because I know if I do, the only two words that I'm going to say is hello and about an hour later, I'm going to say, I've got to go. <laughs> because all they want to do is talk. And the truth of the matter of us is that that's not much of a relationship. That relationship is one-sided. And we need to make sure that that's not the type of relationship that we have with God. That when we talk to God, we not only do we come and we bring our request and we talk to him, but we also take time to listen to what he has to respond. And I would actually go on to say that probably because of who you're talking to, it's probably more important to listen than it is to talk. I mean, God is all-powerful, all-knowing. When he talks, I would listen. Okay? Here's what it says in the scripture. Proverbs 3, 6 says, Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. David said this in the Psalms. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. David said, here I come. I'm going to ask things of you, God, but not only am I going to ask, I'm going to wait for your answer. I'm going to expect for you to answer. You know, many of us, when we talk about prayers, say, well, you know, I know how to say my prayers. I know how to talk to God, but listening is where it gets a little difficult. How do I hear God? Well, we've talked about that, that, this subject in our church many times. As a matter of fact, if you want to go back and look at the Exodus series, you can click on our service on the burning bush, and we went into great detail on how we know how we can hear God's voice. But I want to recap that real quickly for us this morning. Four ways that we know we can hear God's voice. Number one is we need to be in the Bible. We need to be reading the, His Word. There are many times when I am praying about a situation in my life that um, I'm also reading scripture at the same time. It might be that day, it might be the next day, it might be a week later, but all of a sudden I'm reading the scripture and the thing that I have been praying to God about, all of a sudden I'll read a scripture and it will pop out. I mean, it's like a neon light on that scripture and it's God saying, boom, 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 here is the answer to what you're asking. It's happened to me over and over and over. Another way that we can hear God's voice when we pray is actually when we're praying, sometimes we hear this still small voice inside of us. It's a thought that we have that we know didn't originate from us. I mean, sometimes I have this thought, and it's like, man, I either really ate some really bad pizza last night, or, you know, God's speaking to me, because I know that this is not a thought that I would have on by myself. So sometimes God will speak to us that way, and when he does, we can always be sure that if he's speaking to us in that way, that it lines up with his word, that it lines up with what the Bible says. Another way that we can know that God speaks to us is through each other. I can't tell you how many times I pray about a situation and someone will walk up the next day or a week later or something and they will say something to me that it goes exactly along with what I was praying about. It's amazing how God will use other people to speak into our lives. The last way that I know that God speaks to us is through our circumstances. And we pray about a job. God, should I take this job? God, should I go to this school? God, should I sell my house? Should I buy this house? And all of a sudden, door after door after door begins to open. 
and seems to line up with this, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. Or door after door after door begins to close, and we've got to be okay with that because sometimes that's God saying, no, that's not what I have for you. So we need to be able to listen to what God is saying. The reason we pray is because God wants us to pray. And the reason God wants us to pray is because he wants to be involved in every part of our lives. But we need to make sure because of this relationship that we not only spend time talking to God, we spend time listening to God as well. Now, second reason why we pray is because prayer changes our circumstances. Prayer changes our circumstances. James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer is powerful. I mean, prayer has the ability to change our circumstances, change situations. It can be very powerful and very effective. But I want to make you aware of a note that's on your outline, and it's this. Prayer is powerful and effective because God is powerful and effective. God is powerful and effective, and when we communicate with Him, it can have powerful results. But if I pray to a tree, if I pray to Buddha, if I pray to Muhammad, I just want to let you know those prayers are not powerful. Those prayers are not effective. Those prayers do not have the power to change anything because what I'm talking to doesn't have the power to change anything. But when I talk to God and I communicate with Him, that communication can have powerful results because I'm talking to the creator of the universe who has the power to create change in our lives. Prayer works because God works. It's not magic formula. It's not uh, words that we say over and over to get to produce results. It's talking and communicating to God who has the ability to change things. If I was a, a personal friend to the governor of Alabama, which I'm not, but if I was, and I was sitting in his living room and we had a, were having a conversation and I told him, listen, the streets around my house have potholes and is there any way you could do something about them? Well, that conversation in and of itself could have powerful results because I'm talking to someone who has the ability to do something about it. But if I talk to someone uh, that I don't know and doesn't have the power to, power to change things, then those prayers are not powerful. Prayer works because God works. John 5.14 alludes to this fact that when we know God and we know about him, those prayers can have powerful results. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. If you'll underline that statement, if we ask for anything that pleases him, we are confident that he hears us. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. You know, I know what my wife likes. I also know what my wife does not like. Do you know the reason why I know what she likes and what she doesn't like? Because I've spent time with her. I found out what she likes. I find out what she doesn't. I've had conversation and communication with her that allows me to know that. But when you have communication with God and you spend time talking to God, you spend time getting to know him, which is his whole desire is he wants you to know him. When you do and you have that type of relationship and you ask things that you know please him, that asking can produce amazing things and have wonderful results. Now, a life application for us in all of this is that we need to cry out to God in prayer when we need help. Now, I want to warn you something. 
We don't, the only time, if the only time that we cry out to God is when we need help, then we're, we're missing the point. God wants us to talk to him about everything. But if you're like me, when difficult circumstances come in my life, when situations come in my life that I can't handle, um, I pray a lot more and I pray much more intensely. And I think that's okay. Because when trouble comes in my life and I cry out to God and I pray to him, I'm reminding myself that I'm talking to someone that can actually fix my problems. And that's why we need to cry out. When you're going through something in your life that you need help with, that you can't handle on your own, prayer is a good option. Talking to God is a good thing. Listen to uh, how David put it, Psalms 50, 15. Call on me. When you are in trouble and I will rescue you and I will give you and you will give me glory. We need to cry out to God when we're in trouble. King Hezekiah was a king in Israel in the Old Testament, was a wonderful, amazing king who had taken and had destroyed all of the idols in the temple of God and had restored true worship to the one true living God in Israel. And he was a great and mighty king. And towards the end of his life, he becomes very sick and very ill. And he cries out to God, and that conversation he has with God produces amazing results. And I want you to hear the story. A king, king the Hezekiah became deathly ill. He turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down, and he wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah. And tell him, this is what the Lord says. I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. And I will add 15 years to your life. Hezekiah was in a bad way. And he cries out to God and God hears his prayers and God answers him. See, Hezekiah was praying to a powerful God. The same God that had said, let there be light. And there was light. The same God that said, let the, let the world be and the world was. The same God who took dust and he took and he, he breathed upon it and created humans. That's the God that Hezekiah was praying to. The God that could do anything. A God that could do miracles. That was the God that Hezekiah was doing. And Hezekiah knew that God could do anything in his life. But not only can Hezekiah, God do anything in Hezekiah's life, God can do anything in our lives. And I want you to listen to a testimony of one of our elders who saw God do an amazing thing in his life when he cried out to him in prayer. Would you watch the screens? I'm Walter Kennedy, and I'm one of the elders here at Centerpoint Church. About five years ago, after feeling really bad for a month, I went to go and see my doctor. After he checked a few things, he said, Walter, you need to go home, get whatever you need, and go to the hospital as soon as you can. As soon as I got to the hospital, they started doing tests trying to discover what was wrong. It didn't take them very long to discover that I was in the midst of kidney failure and that I would need to start dialysis the next morning. It ended up that I was in the hospital for about eight days doing dialysis each day. Only after a couple days of being in the hospital and understanding how serious this was, I called a couple guys that I knew and I needed them to come down and start praying for me. Uh, yeah, I got a call from my uh, friend Walter. He was in the hospital with kidney failure. And so right away I went down there to talk to him and listening to him. He asked me if I'd get some guys from the church and, and to uh, come down and anoint him with oil and pray over him. 
And so uh, several of us drove down to the hospital, uh, got into Walter's room, and uh, an associate pastor anointed him with oil and started to pray. And he said, uh, God, according to your word, we're here uh, praying for Walter for healing. The doctors told me that I had a window of opportunity for my kidneys to come back once on dialysis. It was only about four or five weeks. So I started dialysis immediately. Week one, two, three, nothing was changing. Four and five, no changes. So the doctors told me, Walter, your only hope right now is to stay on dialysis until you have an opportunity to do a kidney transplant. After the window of opportunity passed for my kidneys to return to normal, I continued to pray out to God for healing and for Him to do a miracle. My wife continued to pray. My wife fasted. I had people all over Prattville, all over the community, in states all over that continued to pray for me. After being on dialysis for four months, three times a week, the doctors told me one morning that it looked like my blood was improving and they wanted me to only come in two times a week for the next several weeks, of which I did. And then one morning I got a call from the doctors to say that I didn't have to do dialysis anymore. It was on May 7th. I remember that day because May 7th is my wife's birthday. You know, the, the medical uh, did everything they could do, and uh, when they put them on a list uh, to get a kidney transplant, uh, it wasn't until then, when uh, shortly after that, uh, healing, complete healing happened, and uh, we're just thanking God for it. I believe that God answers prayers. The opportunity for my kidneys to come back was well beyond what anybody ever thought was possible. And I believe that God answers prayers, and that we should never stop praying we should never stop believing in that we serve an all-powerful God. Isn't that amazing? That's right, you can clap that. Some of you need to hear that this morning, that we serve an almighty God that's powerful that can do anything. Some of you have circumstances in this room that can only be fixed by God. And God brought you here this morning and you needed to hear that you need to cry out to him. You need to call upon him. He can do amazing things. We're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service to pray about some of those situations. But some of you in here need to hear this, that you need to be persistent in your prayers. I want you to understand that God didn't heal Walter right away. He continued to pray, continued to pray, continued to pray. And the scripture we started out with just in, in this point was this, that the persistent prayer of righteous people produced great results. And you might be here today and say, well, I've prayed about it and prayer didn't work. I talked to God about it and God didn't come through. And my word to you this morning is don't stop praying. I have, I have had friends that have gone through cancer that I have prayed and prayed. and We prayed to the end until the Lord ultimately healed them by taking them home. But I've also seen friends that have had cancer, have had other illnesses that we've prayed for, and we've prayed for, and we've prayed for, and all of a sudden God did a miraculous healing in their life. Never stop asking. Never stop talking to God about the situations that are in our lives. Our prayers and our communication with God can be powerful and can be very effective. Another life application I want you to understand is that we need to cry out to God in prayer when others need help. One thing that was interested in this uh, testimony is that Walter had some of his friends, Don Darling, one of our site pastors in Pike Road, 
he came over there and they began to pray over Walter. He had people all over the state praying for him. And I believe those prayers were effective and powerful and moved God's heart. Some of us have people in our lives that we need to pray for. They're in a bad way and we need to cry out to God on their behalf. In the early church, King Herod uh, had gone on a tirade. He was a tyrant and he had started killing Christians. And uh, he started killing Christians and he had killed James, the, the, uh, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, and he had put Peter in prison. And when Peter's in prison, people begin to pray for him. The church begins to pray for him. And this is a story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, actually. It says, but when Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with, with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. And suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side to awaken him and say, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell. Following the angel, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked on the door in the gate, and the servant girl named Rhoda came and opened it. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. And they went, no way. It can't be Peter. Peter's in prison. Can't be right. They told her, you're out of your mind, they said. And when she insisted, they decided, well, it's not Peter it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. And when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. I mean, it's an amazing story. Peter's in prison and people begin to pray for him. And they're knocking at the door saying, they're, they're praying, God, rescue Peter, rescue Peter. And all of a sudden, Peter shows up at the door and they're like, well, it can't be Peter. Peter's still in prison. I mean, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? And here's a note on your application, for, I mean, a note on our outline for this. We must not doubt when we ask God for help. James 1, 6-7 says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not be expected to receive anything from the Lord. When we pray, we need to expect that God's going to do something amazing. You know, every time I read this story about Peter... I'm reminded of a story that's very close to my heart, very dear to my heart, that something very similar happened to me about 10 years ago. Uh, I was at a church. I was a youth pastor and associate pastor at a church in Texas. And uh, one of the kids in my youth group was the most talented, gifted musician and worship leader I have ever seen to this day. Unbelievably gifted, talented. Everyone loved him, had a wonderful personality. He just happened to be our senior pastor's son. And uh, through some trials and tribulations, some really hard, difficult things that their family went through, and being a teenager, he began to fall away from the Lord. And one night, he was at a party, and someone got him to try crystal meth. And when he tried crystal meth, he was instantly hooked. And everything about him changed. His personality changed. His attitude changed. His appearance changed. His relationships changed. Everything about him began to change. And one Sunday morning before church was about to begin, him and his father had a huge conflict. And it was one of those conflicts that you don't forget. There was yelling and screaming and there were words that were said that were just horrible to one another. 
And I'll never forget, everyone in our church knew him, knew what was going on, everyone loved him. And I'll never forget that after we had led uh, worship that Sunday morning as we were walking down and he came up to begin to preach, you could tell he was a total wreck, as you can imagine. I mean, his mind wasn't there. He wasn't going to be able to get through the message. And the Lord prompted me to go up and take the microphone from him. And as I did, I put my arm around him and I took the microphone. I said, you know, sometimes it's really good to come to church. But sometimes we need to be the church. All of you know what's going on with his son. And I think right now would be a really good time for us as a church to begin to pray and begin to pray for him on his behalf that he would return to the Lord and that God would cause him to be broken and that God would use him and, and that he would stop running. And so a church of about three to 400 people begin to gather down at the altar. And we gather around our pastor and we begin to bombard heaven with our prayers. And we begin to ask God to do an amazing miracle in this kid's life. And there was crying and there was weeping and people were really praying out because everybody loved this kid. I mean, he's amazing. And about 10 minutes into praying, someone tapped me on the shoulder and pointed to the back door. And at the back door, there, stood, there he stood. And he began to make his way down the aisle and began to come straight down to the, uh, to the church where we were praying. And as he got there, he just broke down and fell on his knees and began to cry and began to weep. And God began to change his life right then and there at that moment. And I talked to him many years later, and he said that was the beginning of God doing something amazing in my life and delivering me from drugs and getting my life back right and straight. But there was a group of people who bombarded heaven with their prayers on his behalf. And some of you have friends and family members that need you to bombard heaven on their behalf. And you need to pray that God will do something amazing in their lives. Prayer is powerful and prayer is effective because God is powerful and effective. Prayer works because God works. We should never stop praying. We should never cease. We need to always ask God to do those things. And you know, we pray because prayer works. We pray because God wants to have a relationship with us. Third reason we pray is because prayer changes us. Prayer doesn't change, only change others. And not only because God wants to be a part of us, but prayer changes us. Colossians 1.9 says, We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We've asked God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. You will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I want you to underline that statement. You will grow as you learn to know God better and better. The more time we spend God, with God in prayer, the more we get to know him. The more we get to know him, the more we get to be like him. The more we begin to be like him and become and change into his image. Um, I want to share three ways very quickly of how we're changed when we pray. Number one, prayer gives us peace. The scripture that we first started out our message with is Philippians 4, 6-7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as, you li- as we live in Christ Jesus. And note on this is prayer is an antidote for worry. Do you know what worry is? Worry is having a conversation in your head about something that you can't change. That's what it is. When you worry, you are concerned about something that you can't change, and all of a sudden you stir it up over and over in your mind, and you're having this conversation with yourself, and all you do is you work yourself up, and you get anxious, and you get worried, and nothing good comes of it. 
You get ulcers. You get all kinds of stuff. Prayer, on the other hand, is taking that same concern, that same worry, and taking it to God in prayer and asking him to do something about it. When we pray, peace comes. Because when we pray about our circumstances and our situation, we remind ourselves that we serve a God that is big and is in control. And it brings peace to our lives. Matthew 6.31 says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. It's a statement you hear at Center Point all the time. If you're going to worry, don't pray. But if you're going to pray, don't worry. I mean, it's a principle that we need to live by. When we pray, it brings us peace. Second thing that changes us is this. Prayer gives us wisdom and direction. James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. King David, the second king of, of Israel, uh, was a man after God's own heart, is what our scripture says, because he would ask God about every situation. He would wait for God's reply, and then he would actually do what God told him to do. And he had amazing results. And uh, if he would ask God, should I go into battle? And God would say yes. God sometimes would say no. Sometimes God would say, yes, you need to go into battle, but you need to go around the back way, and that will work. And so he was always inquiring of the Lord of what he should do in each situation. And here's an example of that in 2 Samuel 5, 19. David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I'll certainly hand them over to you. I mean, imagine what our lives would be like if we actually lived like that. If every big decision that we had or small decision that we had, that we would inquire of God and we would ask God's opinion on it. I uh, would say that we would probably be people that are wiser than we actually are. I would say people that we would look like we had direction in our life and that our life would be upon a straight path, not upon a crooked one. God will give us wisdom and direction if we'll ask him and we'll wait for his response. Now, third way that prayer changes us is prayer gives us courage and boldness. Peter and John were preaching the first century church, and they preached this amazing uh, 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 sermon and everything after the day of Pentecost. 5,000 people come to know the Lord. And in the midst of all of that, not everyone's happy about what's going on. And so they get thrown in prison. And after the thrown in prison, uh, they, they make a request to the Lord and pray that God would continue to use them. And that's what Acts chapter 4 says, As soon as they were freed... Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer, in prayer to God. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word of God with boldness. So God, give us the boldness to do what you've called us to do. Uh, Paul, in Ephesians, actually uh, asked for prayer for boldness. He says, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan and the good news for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message of God's, as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Some of us need to pray for boldness. 
Some of us need the boldness to do the right thing at work, to do the godly principle thing at work and not to go with the crowd. Some of us need prayer and boldness at school to stand up for Jesus and what we believe. Some of us need to pray for boldness to share the gospel and share what God's doing in our lives with a friend or with a coworker. We need to pray for God for boldness, and God will give us boldness when we need it. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer with them and suffer harm. Now, there's a principle all throughout Scripture I want to make you aware of, and it's this. You become like the people you hang out with. If you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. If you want to get in trouble, hang out with fools. If you want to be like God, hang out with God. If you want to take on some of his attributes and uh, things that are like God, then you need to spend time in prayer with him and seeing what he's like. I mean, if we want to have peace in our lives, then we ought to hang out with the Prince of Peace. If we want wisdom in our lives, then we ought to hang out with the Alpha and the Omega, the one who knows the end from the beginning. I mean, if we want courage, shouldn't we hang out with God who is a mighty warrior and is bold as a lion? I mean, if we want direction in our life and we want to know how to be a good leader, we want to know how to lead our family. Shouldn't we hang out with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? When we communicate with God, we get to know God. When we get to know God, we get to become like God in certain ways. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you so much, Lord God, that you've given us prayer as a tool to communicate with you. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you've invited us to come and spend time with you. Lord God, to tell you about everything in our lives. Lord God, to invite you in to every area of our lives. Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, that prayers are effective. Lord God, when we communicate with you, Lord God, that communication can have amazing results. Lord God, it can change circumstances. It can heal bodies. It can... It can uh, set people free from addictions. Lord, you're an amazing God and you're all powerful. And Lord, I don't ever want to put you in a box. God, most of all, I want to thank you, Lord God, that prayer changes me. It really does, Lord. The more time I spend in prayer, Lord God, the more I become like you. So Father, I want to ask that as we've listened to this message today, Lord God, and we've seen what your word has to say about prayer, I pray that, Lord God, more than anything else, that we would be a people that pray. That we wouldn't be just a people who hear good messages on prayer or, or this or that, but Lord God, we would actually be a people who pray. And so, Father, I pray that you would make us that. And I pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.